This podcast is meant for general health information and is not meant to override any medical advice. All questions will be screened and not contain any personal information. If you want a private consultation, contact us via positivechoice.org or you can contact your provider directly. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Positive Choice Wellness Podcast. I'm Annalise, an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And my name's Melanie. I'm also an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And today we are going to dive in on sleep. Sleep. That's the biggest thing. Don't you love sleep? I do. I love it. Even just talking about it, I'm like, (laughs) "Mm, sleep. It's, it's, I think one of the things that we take for granted because then there's that day where you don't get enough and then you feel like you're hit by a truck. Right. So I think sleep's, you know, it's amazing. It's great. I love it. Best thing in the world, especially because like your bed is all comfy. I hope your bed's comfy. And then, <laughs> and then if it's not comfy, you need to get a new bed that helps with the sleep. <laughs> we spend so, a third of our life in our bed. We do. We do. We do. So that makes sense. And Melanie just had a revelation. I did. <laughs> so when we talk about sleep, because um, I've been talking about this a lot lately, because I feel like, you know, stresses in life can kind of get in the way and cause sleep to be a little disrupted. And so um, I'm bringing it up because I feel like a lot of people have been having issues with sleeping lately. I've heard that more often than not. Um, it, could, it could just be that the fact that we're coming up on a time change here and things are getting lighter out, so maybe you just can't sleep because it's too light outside. I don't know. Maybe you <laughs> rise with the sun. But have you been hearing about people having trouble with sleep? I feel like people generally have trouble with sleep. Okay. And it kind of, it kind of goes back, I think, to this martyr idea we have in this country where, oh, you only sleep four hours? I've met like, people like this. Like, how do you do it? You're so productive. And there is like this, this applauding of sleeping minimally and, and then going out and and living your life. And it's like, it's so tantamount to our health that we get seven to nine hours of sleep a night. So I think that people think, well, no, I'm doing fine at four hours, six hours, whatever. But it really starts degrading your health if you're sitting in that that sleep pool. Yeah, I've had I've had people in my class like, oh yeah, I only get like four or five hours sleep a night. I'm like, how? I am not functional with less than seven. If I get less than seven hours of sleep, I can feel it and I notice it. I mean, even getting seven hours of sleep is still rough. Um, but I'm more functional with seven than six. I will tell you that. But yeah, I don't I don't understand how people can can function like it's no big deal unless they're white knuckling it through their day and putting on a brave face like it's not that bad or they're just used to feeling crummy. I don't know. Well, I think it goes back to what we mentioned on a previous podcast, which is when you are unhealthy, you are used to feeling that way and you just start feeling like this is just what life feels like to be alive. Being tired, being lethargic, having medical problems. It's just what it is to be me. This is life. This is how life is. Yeah. Well... The, you know, the, the one thing that I've heard a lot about with people, um, like I remember it was pre-pandemic back in the day, back in the olden days, uh, a patient came in because she had done the sleep clinic um, where they kind of tested her to see if she had sleep apnea. And so she went in and did that and came back. She's like, I have sleep apnea. And I was like, oh, and she's like, that's why I've been sleeping horribly. I was like, oh, okay. Because you don't, 
amazingly enough, you don't know you have it because you're asleep. So you have no idea. <laughs> so that was something I thought was really interesting is she went through and did that and managed to figure out the source of her problem was just an underlying condition she was unaware of. So what is sleep apnea? It's where you periodically stop breathing while you're asleep. So you'd be like breathing, snoring, and then and you start breathing again and that disrupts your REM cycle. And so as a result, you don't get a full night's sleep. You get really light kind of eh, sleep, like cat napping almost. And then how many times that happens to you during the night depends on if you have sleep apnea and then how severe that sleep apnea yeah. is. There's a spectrum of it. Like it can be really bad. It can be kind of light and you, you just don't know. I mean, you're, if you, if you, if you have a partner, you share a bed and then they know like, okay, they're like, Hey, you stopped breathing. And I had to poke you a few times and you woke up. I mean, you're like, it, you know, I've heard of patients telling me about that where like their spouse will be like, Oh, Hey, you stopped breathing while you were asleep. Um, but yeah, with sleep apnea, that's something that I think more people deal with than they realize. And it's something that can be remedied, you know, with CPAP machines that kind of help control your breathing in a regulated way. And from people that I've talked to who ended up with CPAP machines because they had sleep apnea, they're like, it's, it's a game changer. Like, I'm sleeping full nights. I'm feeling so great, which is good. This is really good. <laughs> we want people sleeping. Yes. And I, I've had patients as well. Same thing. They get on their, their CPAP, they get treatment for the sleep apnea, and suddenly their life changes. Yeah. Which, you know, if, if you're a Kaiser member, you can obviously, there's like classes that they have, like sleep classes, sleep well, live well. Um, there's a sleep clinic you can go through that kind of, you know, they test you to see if you have sleep apnea. Um, I don't really know all the ins and outs of that personally, but I know that it exists. <laughs> we will put a link in the, yes. in the chat. Yeah, there's, there's details that I'm not entirely certain of, so I don't want to say them and not be certain of it. But uh, we do have that. And, you know, there's many resources available through Kaiser for Kaiser members that can take advantage of that to see if they do have it. Um, but, well, you may think, well, what if I do? It doesn't hurt to ask. It doesn't hurt to check. But it might not be sleep apnea. You might just not be sleeping well. And there's a slew of reasons why that could happen. That's right. And I think before, before we go down this, this road of what can we do to sleep better, I like to remind people that sleep is as tantamount to your health as what you're eating, as whether you're exercising, as if you're managing your stress, and if you're drinking water. So imagine that if you are not getting good sleep, if you are putting sleep on the back burner, if you're not making it a priority, you are sacrificing your health. Mm -hmm. Your immunity is highly associated with the sleep, the quality of sleep that you're getting. If we get as little as six hours of sleep a night, our immunity can decrease by a significant amount. Our ability to fight cancer decreases by a significant amount if mm -hmm. we're not getting enough sleep. And enough is seven to nine hours. Yep. They have done studies that about six and a half seems to be the threshold for when they start to see um, motor function decline, ah. similar to drinking. So six and a half hours or less, you are now not physically functioning as well as you could be. You're pseudo drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little, little tipsy. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that when I get less than seven hours of sleep, I do not feel my best. I do not feel like I'm, I'm cognitively all there at some points where I'm like, I can't focus. It's hard to do things. Decisions are not great. Um, 
food choices are not great either. Uh, that could also be a problem of lack of sleep. Because sleep, you know, some of the things that we forget too is when you're sleeping, that's like when your body goes into healing mode. It's regenerating cells. It's it's going through all these processes while you're asleep just to kind of tune you up so when you wake up, you're fresh and ready to go. And when you don't get enough, your body doesn't really get to finish the job. It's like you're, you're painting a car and halfway through painting it, you're like, all right, it's good, and then drives out and you haven't painted half of it, you know, or less, depending on how much sleep you get. And then that would be compounding too, mm -hmm. right? Because then we're going through our day, we're taking on all the stress of mm -hmm. everything that goes on. And if we are skipping that repair period or not fully, then we're only getting half repaired. And then we're going out and tearing ourselves down again and then half repairing and tearing ourselves down. It's a vicious cycle. And you just feel crummy. <laughs> you just feel physically off. It doesn't feel great. And if you've chronically, you know, had issues with sleep where you're, you're, you know, you don't get enough sleep a night and it's constant every day, day in, day out, and it's been for, for maybe even years, you probably don't even realize. You probably don't even know, as we mentioned earlier, that, you know, this, that you're not living a healthier life where you could feel better. You just think this is how it should be and this is how it is. But that's not necessarily the case. But you wouldn't know because you think that's normal, right? <laughs> this is just life. Yeah. yeah. We don't know that we could be feeling healthier. We yeah. haven't experienced that. Yeah. So, you know, unless you want to deviate from, from my path of how to sleep better, <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's a, a bunch of different underlying reasons why we wouldn't be getting enough sleep. Like, obviously, sleep apnea could be one of them. That's obviously diagnosable in, a, in another scenario. You can't really self-diagnose you're asleep. Uh, but you know, other things, you could have a high stress life, you know, lots of things going on that are very, very stressed. And that could just be a stress management issue where you're like, I am so stressed out chronically. I don't even realize how stressed out I am. And then when you incorporate some mindfulness techniques and stress management techniques, Oh, Hey, sleep is better. Weird. Um, so that could be some of it too, but you know, things we don't even think about, like if you're having a hard time sleeping, it could just be that you, you know, ate a huge meal and then went to bed and you don't sleep well. If you don't, you know, it, they recommend trying not to eat within three hours of going to bed because you need to digest your food because if you don't digest your food all the way, you go to bed, and now your body has to do that on top of healing you right. while you're so sleeping. You, so you don't get into those deep sleep no. cycles as much as you could. And alcohol will disrupt your sleep. Like, and I'm not saying you can't drink or shouldn't drink, you know, if you enjoy it by all means, but it will disrupt your sleep. You will not enter a REM cycle as you should enter and get that effective, efficient sleep that you would expect to get. You just kind of catnap essentially like you would with sleep apnea, same thing. It's basically fake sleep apnea. <laughs> you can still breathe though. <laughs> um, you know, and, and we can kind of go on. There's a, probably a, a ton more other reasons why you wouldn't be getting enough sleep. I think stress. Yeah, stress definitely. Um, prioritizing. Mm -hmm. I have had many, many patients that they are up watching TV and then sleeping for four hours and then getting up and going to work. And that that's just a priority time thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, something, and this will kind of dip into a little bit of like how to manage sleep is like screens. Those are a big deal when it comes to sleep uh, and screens, phones, tablets, computers, televisions, anything with a screen that's a screen. And if you're using that within half an hour, even an hour before bed, it's emitting something called blue light. And the blue light tricks your circadian rhythm into thinking it's 
daytime. <laughs> and so unfortunately, as a result, now your body is now kind of setting itself up for daily activities and your brain's kind of wiring itself for that because you're messing with your circadian rhythm with this blue light that's being emitted from your screens. Now, granted, phones do have a setting now. It's like a, a night setting where it turns your screen very yellow and that's you know, the attempt is to reduce and eliminate blue light as best they can, which can be helpful, but it's still there. It's just more, they just turned it the yellow to, to eliminate the, to, you know, drown out the blue, if you will, is what they're trying to do. And, you know, if you are a heavy screen user and that's your like routine before bed, maybe think about, you know, is this a crucial part of my routine? Can I at least stop it half an hour or, you know, an hour before bed and read a book or meditate or do something else that's not a screen? Right. And so let's start there. Is it is our number one way that you can start improving your sleep, your sleep quality. And I think it's really important to understand, too, how our circadian rhythm works, how we go from a wakeful state to a sleeping state. And a big part of that is our exposure to light. Yeah. So even if we are putting the, the screens on to reduce the blue light and we're still getting light mm -hmm. and our pineal gland recognizes when it's light and when it's dark mm -hmm. and when it gets dark our pineal gland starts making melatonin yay right and melatonin is what makes us sleepy and starts urging us into sleep mode it's not just a supplement right it's <laughs> we not do just, make our own <laughs> we make our own and if you are needing to try the supplement feel free start low dose but understand that you know, in, in our modern day, regardless of the blue light coming off the screens, if your house is really bright in the nighttime, that is keeping you up and stimulated. Mm -hmm. And Adit, who works here, um, gave a great example a few years ago about how when you go camping mm -hmm. or when you go stay in like a cabin where, you know, there's no electricity, you go to bed a lot earlier because it's dark and your body starts shutting yourself down for sleep. And then you wake when the sun comes up. And if you have no reception while you're camping, you don't have screen access anyways. <laughs> That's right. So double, double dose, not taking care of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you are, you know, a person who's kind of screen oriented, just keep that in the back of your mind. Like if that is something that you do, maybe that could be the cause of why you're not getting a sufficient amount of sleep a night or even having efficient sleep in general. Um, it could just be because you're messing with your circadian rhythm <laughs> without realizing it. Um, so screen time, you know, hour or half hour before bed, try to do something other than screens. That'd be number one. Okay. So number two this one is my favorite because it goes back to how our brain works, which is always fascinating. Brains are cool. Our brains associate everything with everything. So you need to have a strong association with sleep and restfulness in your bedroom. Mm -hmm. So if you have TV going in your bedroom, if you are taking your laptop into your bedroom, if you are working, oh God forbid, Everybody is working from home. Do not work in your bedroom. No, don't do it because our brain starts associating that space with being stimulated and being active. And so it doesn't know that you're going in there to sleep when you were just working in there a few hours ago. It goes, oh, we're back in this room. Cool. What are we doing? Work time. Work time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then that also goes to if you have problems with sleep stress can kick in. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That point where you're like trying to go to sleep. You can't go to sleep. You're looking at the clock. You have to get up in X amount of hours and the stress just builds and builds. Your brain will associate with that as well. Mm-hmm. So if you have a pattern of that, the best thing you can do is leave the room. If you are, if you, if you've been laying in there for half an hour and you're not falling asleep, get up, leave the room, do something that is calming, not stimulating. And once you get sleepy again, go back into the bedroom. And that, that combination of things will really help your brain start associating. When I go into this room, into this bed, it is about restfulness. Mm-hmm. We like, we like to associate. So that, that is a big thing. Um, the th- third thing that I think is really important too is the temperature of your room Mm -hmm. Uh, we you may not realize this and I've referred to the listeners not Annalise I'm sure she does know this but uh, your body temperature does drop while you're asleep by about a degree or so so whatever your standard body temperature is it's going to go down about a degree while you're asleep Um, and I always like to share this tidbit of information because I I had to Google it because I got really itchy all the time for a while. I was like, why am I so itchy? And I was like, couldn't figure it out because I don't have pets. So I'm like, it's not fleas. Why am I itchy? And, and I was like, it's not, you know, bed bugs. Thank goodness. So I was trying to figure it out. Like, why am I so itchy? And it turns out when your body starts to wind down for sleep, your blood will start to rise up to the surface of your skin to cool you down. And then that causes a tingling, itchy sensation on your skin, which is why you might get randomly itchy before bed. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, I thought that was the coolest thing. So I had to share with everybody that that's why you might get randomly itchy before bed. Uh, but that's your body's winding down mechanism. And so your core temperature is dropping. So if your room is very warm, unfortunately, that's going to make it very difficult for your body temperature to drop effectively. So ideally, you want to have a cool yet comfortable temperature in your room, not like an 80 degree room. An 80 degree room is not going to cause you to have good sleep. Um, we tend to like about 71 degrees so or cooler even down to 68 even I think the ideal temperature for most human beings is 65 yeah I mean I I will tell you all I sleep with my window open even in the winter because I like my room like an icebox and I want to pile the blankets on me that's what I got to do but uh, (laughs) you know you have to figure out what's going to work for you and uh, you know we don't have air conditioning so we can't control our climate as well we just window open let's just it's 48 let's see how cold our room gets uh but it really is effective in terms of helping you fall asleep faster um that has been you know something that's really helped us because opening the window has been a game changer we're like oh wow i'm falling asleep way better so if you keep your house very warm keep in mind that maybe you want to like isolate your bedroom as a place that stays cooler than the rest of the house just so you can sleep a little better but not so cold that you are waking up because you can't feel your toes that's that's not ideal we don't want it that cold that's not fun no (laughs) that's that's like camping level we don't want to go there that's too cold Um, But yeah, the temperature of your room, big, big portion of trying to fall asleep effectively. Mm -hmm. And I would say, so the next one I'm going to touch on is something you already mentioned, which is alcohol and caffeine. Yep. So supplements. I'm sorry, you guys. Um, But these two things are really detrimental to your sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll start with caffeine. A lot of us are coffee drinkers. I love my caffeine. I was just getting in my last little bit before 3 p.m. because that's when I cut it off. If I drink any caffeine after that, I will be up till 1 or 2 o'clock. Same. Exactly the same. Anything after 3 o'clock and I'm like, hello world, I'm awake. Let's go. Well, I lay in bed and I'm like, why can't I sleep? I'm physically tired. Oh, yeah. Because you had that coffee at 4. But caffeine has a really long half-life and we all react a little bit different to 
to caffeine. So if you're someone that like can drink caffeine and then sleep eight hours, then hallelujah yeah, to you you're lucky go away you can stop <laughs> listening i'm just kidding <laughs> then then this is not your end to good sleep but <laughs> some people are so sensitive to caffeine that even having one cup of coffee in the morning can be disruptive to the sleep cycle later that day mm-hmm. so um something to consider when, when we're going through all of this is like not everybody needs all of it but if you are struggling with your sleep start going through and pulling the the hard the hard pieces out like yeah. maybe caffeine is not for you maybe you do decaf coffee for a while and see how that affects your sleep so you're still getting your coffee you still get the taste and it's a smidgen of caffeine but you're not going to have that full dose <laughs> that's right that's right then there's alcohol and good old alcohol and i know some of you are out there thinking but alcohol helps me go to sleep yeah okay it, it is a depressant Right. So it allows you to kind of like let let go. It will allow you to calm down in a little bit of a superficial kind of way. I like to ask the question, is it sleep or are you unconscious? Mm. (laughs) Such a good distinction. (laughs) There's a big difference between being asleep and being unconscious. And so that was what I would say. Hopefully you're not drinking so much that you are literally unconscious. But, um, you know, that's kind of where it's at is you're not really sleeping, right? You, you drift away and you're unconscious now. That's right. That's right. And like Melanie mentioned earlier, when you have alcohol in your system, your body will not go into REM sleep. And we want to get into that REM, that deep REM cycle, because that's where the quality healing happens. So... When we think about how long alcohol stays in our system, let's just use the standard one drink, one hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. Standard size drink. Yeah. Stand, like, four, four or five ounces of wine or 12 ounces of beer. And like a, an ounce and a half sh- shot of alcohol or something. Yeah. yeah. So one of those per hour. Now, if you're doing heavy drinking, it starts to compound. Mm-hmm. So the more you drink, the longer it goes beyond this hour per drink kind of thing. But... Let's just say for easy math, we planned for seven hours of sleep, okay? And we're stressed and we're like, we really wanted that glass of wine before bed, okay? Well, now we have that glass of wine and now we go to bed. Well, even if we get those seven hours of sleep, we, we cut off an hour because it's going to take your body an hour to get that alcohol out of your system for you to even be able to go into your quality sleep. So now you're down to six hours. Mm-hmm that's where it can become problematic if you have a little like uh you know five o'clock cocktail and by the time you go to bed it's out of your system you're fine yeah but if we're drinking and going to sleep you're cutting into that that regeneration time which is one of the reasons why when you have a heavier drinking night you're exhausted the next day because you were just unconscious (laughs) you experienced unconsciousness not sleep exactly you may have slept a little bit somewhere towards the end of that but yeah it's you're, you're really not sleeping effectively um so the other thing that i think is also important for quality sleep is just light in general so like the lights in your room lights you know if you have a tv in your room is there a light on your tv um do you have sheer curtains is there light coming in from outside blinky lights you know 
like my husband has his phone screen always on so you don't always see the time and it drives oh, me Lord. crazy it drives me crazy oh lord yeah that is like something you lay there with your eyes closed and you know it's on yeah and exactly <laughs> yeah uh-huh. uh-huh yeah so i make him flip his phone over so it's not showing the light because I, I hate that i hate it but yeah that's anything like that that will disrupt your sleep. Like we used to have roommates who had their router in their room. And if you have a router, you know, it's blinking all the time, blinking all the time, white and orange and blinky, blinky, blink. And you're like, how do they sleep? It was right next to their bed. And I don't know how they slept. I do not understand it. So, you know, you can, and I know people too, who are like, well, I like to have the TV on and it helps lull me to sleep. And you know, I like that. And it's like, okay, cool. Some people are weird and they you know, call y'all weird. You're weird. <laughs> but some people are weird and they can, they can handle that and that's fine, but not everybody can. And if you are someone who has the TV on and you'll continue to wake up constantly as a result of it, then the TV's not working for you. Right. And ideally you want to have it, you know, dark, you know, as dark as you can get it. Cause when it's super dark, that will not disrupt your sleep. Cause that's what can wake you up is those flashes of light. You know, if you're a rise with the sun kind of person, blackout curtains. Mm-hmm. And that I, I have to say, I am totally guilty of the TV thing. I've been working on breaking it for the past few weeks, but yeah, years and years, like I put the TV, well, it's not, it's an iPad, but on low, I have a show on and I just could not imagine Mm-hmm. And it's still hard. Like, I'm like, what? This feels weird. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it would periodically wake me up. I think sometimes it's kind of stimulating. Mm-hmm. You're listening to, like, even if you have your head turned away from it, you're listening to it. You're kind of engaged. The flashing, changing scenes. Like, if you've ever looked in a room where a TV's on, but you're not looking at the TV, you could see how bright that room gets. You know, bright red, bright, you know, mm-hmm. white, blue, mm-hmm. and flashing, flashing, flash. And you don't notice it because you're looking at it. But from an outside perspective looking in, that room is lighting up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, is, it is a party in there. And that can be very disruptive. Even with, even with the, that night mode on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So lights, if you have them in your room, that's something you got to think about. Maybe you need to, to find a way to cover those up or block them out so it's a little easier to sleep. Mm-hmm. All right, next one. I don't think this will be a surprise to anyone, but... Exercise. <gasps> Exercise. Exercise. I think that this goes back to deciphering between mental fatigue and physical fatigue. Mm-hmm. A lot of us do not have physically fatiguing jobs. Yeah, for the most part. Most of us have jobs that are more mentally fatiguing. We're not getting a ton of activity during the day, but we come home, we are exhausted, right? So, we're not gonna, we're not gonna exercise. But the deal is, is that our body does have a bunch of energy that it needs to use. We eat for energy, right? So if you've eaten, you have energy that, that needs to be used. And using up that energy is going to really help you to sleep later in the day. If we are not physically moving, if we're not using up that physical movement, we might be mentally tired enough to go to sleep every night, but that could be something that is kind of allowing you to, you know, stay up watching way too many episodes of your favorite series (laughs) because you're not that tired and then you kind of get in this this cycle of not sleeping enough, not exerting the energy you have. Yeah. And, you know, exercise does a lot in general for us to make us generally feel better. And typically, if you don't, if you feel 
pretty good when you go to bed, you're going to sleep better too. If you feel really crummy, you might just sleep bad as a result of just feeling pretty crummy. So that's another thing to consider. It's kind of a double whammy. You're also feeling physically better as a whole too, which then as a result, vicious cycle in a good way helps to sleep better and so on and so forth. Well, the only other thing I can think of, unless there's more that I can't think of, is sounds. Oh. Oh, no, actually, there's another one, too. But sounds are a big one. I just remembered another one. Never mind. There's more. Uh, but, but sounds are a big deal, too, because, like, if you're, a, if you're a light sleeper, like, I, and I say this because I am a light sleeper, mm. the smallest sound will wake me up. I, it, does, it does not take much. Uh, like, it could be my husband rolling over, and then his breathing changes, and I'm awake. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's awful. But he's also a light sleeper, so we're a great pair. Uh, <laughs> Just waking each other up all night. <laughs> yeah. We have, we have, but what we have though is a fan to drown out the sound. So we. That white noise. White noise, yeah, exactly. And the fan's not aimed at us, it's like aimed at the ceiling. It's not even aimed anywhere particular, except in the summer, then it's useful. But we just turn on a fan every night so there's a sound that'll drown out any noises, especially because we sleep with our window open. We're not by a major road, but it's a road that if there's a siren, we will hear it. Mm. And so it's nice to have something that kind of cancels out the sounds. And I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, because if anyone's been in my classes, they know I hate birds. And <laughs> she does hate, I hate birds. birds. And. I will hear birds chirping, <laughs> sometimes through the fan. They will wake me up. But if I hear them chirping, there's a little electrical wire that's sitting right outside of our window. And they'll sit there like, Aah! and I'm like, oh, my God, I want to throw my shoe at this bird. Ah. So if you're a light sleeper, find ways to noise cancel. Find ways to, to help you sleep there. Like, you know, for the longest time when I lived in, uh, I used to live in Fresno, I lived right by a stairwell and I had to sleep with earplugs in because I could hear people clunk, 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 walking up and down those stairs at all, I was a college kid, so all hours of the night, and I couldn't sleep, but I put in earplugs, bam, out like a light. Mm. And it helped amazingly. And then I got kind of dependent on them for a while. <laughs> but uh, it, they, you know, anything you can do to kind of cancel out sounds really will benefit you, especially if you're a lighter sleeper and are sensitive to those things. And they do have white noise machines. Absolutely. So uh, that have different levels. Um, I use that period, like, uh, briefly mm -hmm. um, when I had a roommate and that helped with that but I am not a light sleeper so I like silence mm -hmm. I, I don't like all that that background noise which is now that I'm thinking about it, it's very ironic because I like the TV on when I go to bed but I like silence <laughs> weird <laughs> I don't know thinking out loud okay <laughs> but yeah I don't I don't know like waking up in the middle of the night and there being noise or waking up in the morning and there being noise going stresses me out yeah we get used to it we don't notice anymore we, we're, we're just, just cold you gotta go with what you are with what works for you that's essentially yeah. what it is yeah but the other thing i just thought of which um i would have said before that but i just i didn't think of it till after i was mid-sentence talking about sound is consistency <laughs> yes consistency you working consistency. with your circadian rhythm i'm glad you remembered because i completely forgot this but one. that's like the most crucial part and it's, it's like the last thing we're talking about it's one of the biggest things yeah you need to have a routine and you need to have consistency same wake up time similar things you do every night before you go to bed consistently we, none of this, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. this day, 7 a.m. this day, 10 a.m. this day, 5 a.m. this day. If you do that, you're going to have a hard time ever finding a consistent sleep schedule. It's just going to be a nightmare. So if you consistently go into bed at the same time every night, waking up at the same time every morning, your sleep cycle will get easier and easier and easier to fall into versus a scattered all over the place routine during the week or weekend even. Because I know some people are like hardcore on the weekdays. Like I get up at 5 a.m. and on the weekends, like I sleep until noon. And it's like, whoa, that's a huge gap of time there. 
That means Monday is going to be really hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's easier to wake up later on those days than it is to wake up earlier after those late days. Mm-hmm. So having a consistent routine, a consistent schedule, keeping to something that is the same all the time is very beneficial, at least in terms of familiarity, and then just allowing you to kind of fall to sleep. That's, that's really what's significant about it. And our bodies are so adaptable. So our mm-hmm. bodies love a routine. They love habits and really everything that we do on a schedule. If you exercise at 9 a.m. every day, guess what? Your body literally changes your hormones and will start changing your body chemistry to get you ready to move at 9 a.m. because it knows that that's what it's going to do. Your body loves to optimize. So if you go to sleep at 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock every single day, guess what your body's going to do? Start making it so that you are changing your body chemistry to fall asleep by 11 o'clock. It's crazy. It's amazing. <laughs> we are very capable creatures. We, we, we are quite good at uh, adapting to what we do in our daily lives. We are an adaptable species. We are. If there is nothing else that you can say about human beings, we are quite adaptable. It can be both good and horrible, but yay. <laughs> it's good for surviving. Yes, it right? is. Because we can eat whatever we want. Now, not always healthfully, and I'm not even going to go down this road, but. (laughs) But uh, now that we've talked a lot about sleep, it's time to sleep. I'm just kidding. But it's it's, it's that time. But it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. But we appreciate you all listening today and learning about sleep. Yes. And we wish you good sleep. Yes. So until next time, everybody. Bye. Get a good night's sleep.